0: welcome to this episode of bookish i'm so happy to be here and i am very excited because i have brian vanoy and he is the author of i just had it he's the author of falling toward redemption and i'm excited to have him tell us all about his book because this sounds kind of inspiring brian just looking through your synopsis here. And so uh, we're going to get into some deep stuff. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm actually not driving today. I still have to work full time as an owner operator trucker. So I'm, I'm not driving today. I have to do a DOT uh, reset to get a new work clock.
0: So okay. it's a trucking thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you're not driving at the moment because we always do want to stay safe.
1: No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to do something like this and drive any fully loaded semi. That would not be a smart thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, we have a lot of things that we can cover with your book. I kind of want to start with this, the, the Holy Spirit in your heavenly mother. And I want to talk a little bit about how the description of the Holy Spirit points to the feminine nature of a loving God.
1: That was a real life experience um literally as it seems to happen so many times that oh dark 30 in the morning when the veil is the thinnest and it, and it really does it really does seem to happen quite often then mm-hmm. um being awakened out of a deep REM sleep uh my now ex-wife was right beside me in bed and uh to the Right in my face, right in my nose, uh the most beautiful scent of freshly cut glorifunda. Glorifunda or glorabunda roses. The, when you think of the rose smell, it it was like you mm. know, magnified, but not like, you know, really artificial sickening sweet perfume, but just the most what you would imagine a perfect rose smell would be. Mm-hmm. And it it was like right here. It was right mm-hmm. here. And it was obviously. I mean, there was no ambient light in the bedroom. And it was obviously something. I had been on a spiritual journey that I had started maybe a year ago when, when I actually got married. When I actually got married, I had relocated down to Georgia. I always have to laugh at that because it's that, that that great the devil went down to Georgia song. Um, but it opened me up to a my spiritual journey, which I had been on for 15 years now. And I had at that point I had gotten used to being having encounters with both the angelic and demonic realms and actually having encounters with entities from both. So I had gotten used to the idea of making an appearance, making an introduction, introducing themselves to me. Mm. And so I didn't even articulate the question. It was in my mind. I asked, who are you? Because it was obviously an introduction. It was like it was like somebody gently waking you up out of a deep sleep saying it's time to wake up it's time to wake up. i have something important to tell you and that's mm-hmm. kind of what i the way i took it and i just asked who are you mm-hmm. and i had one word one word answer come into my mind mom really and i immediately in my spirit i immediately knew you know what this is not talking about my earthly mother and i knew you know how when you you get you you have an epiphany and it's not just knowing up here, but it's knowing here. It's knowing in, in your entire being that this is right, this is correct. And I knew it. I know, oh my God, this is this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And it's feminine. The Holy Spirit is feminine. My heavenly mother. And over the course of several weeks and months, I I, you know, after doing my, I'm just of a curious, very curious nature and doing research. And and it just made perfect sense to me. It's the Holy Trinity. You have the triune nature of the creator of the universe, right? You have God, the father, you have the Holy Spirit, your heavenly mother, and you have Jesus Christ, the son. It's the perfect nuclear family. Hmm. The triune nature of God is the perfect nuclear family. It Hmm. made perfect sense. And after doing later later research, follow up research, um, in, in, in the Talmud, in the, in, the, in the oral tradition that follows the Torah, in the Hebrew culture, the Talmud, you can research this. Rabbinical teachings and rabbinical traditions that go into the Talmud, they actually, when they talk about the glory of God making an appearance, they actually, they actually assigned it a name. They gave the glory of God the name Shekinah. Mm -hmm. And when you look it up, Shekinah names have names have genders, right? Shekinah in Hebrew is feminine. It's a feminine gender. It is the name. It is a girl's name, Shekinah. Mm -hmm. So when they talk about the glory of God and the Talmud traditions, they gave it the name Shekinah. So I'm like, this is great. This is perfect because at that time I was writing the book, and I, I you know, I wanted to incorporate the appearances of the Heavenly Mother, the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, well, what do I call it? I mean, it's going to become, you know, if I have to constantly say, you know, the Heavenly Mother, the it's going to. Be, I'm like, I'm going to use Shekinah. So every in the book now, every time I, every time Shekinah Mother makes an appearance, you have gl- you have falling rose petals and the scent of, in the scent of roses.
0: Hmm. And so, when you had this experience and you were introduced to the, the feminine aspect of God, it did this. Were you religious before, or did this was this the impetus for for um, creating a relationship with God?
1: No, I uh, I was raised outside of Philadelphia as Mennonite. I was raised in a Mennonite home, so I always had that. But I ran away, kicking and screaming from that that indoctrination which thankfully later on i realized that it was a foundation that saved me so many times i had that foundation underneath me but i ran away kicking and screaming when i was 16 i didn't come back to the church until i was like 36 Mm -hmm. but i always had that foundation with me okay so but when i thought about what the holy when you think about the nature and the job description and what the holy spirit does with us for us her her job it, uh she educates she nourishes she instructs she she disciplines right when you're a bad bad girl a bad boy what happens you get spanked right the holy spirit spanks you it's up here it's that conscious that's saying Nah, you know that was not the right thing to do you shouldn't have done that it's your conscious right you're getting spanked mm-hmm. who do you think of I think of mom right I think of mommy I think of mommy
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. right and to me it made perfect sense
0: mm-hmm now it's de- just natural to to develop a relationship with your creator you have to let go of ego can you talk yeah a little
1: bit about that sure um Well, ego, you know, ego, a lot of times it depends on the person. Obviously, everybody's different. But um, I kind of like to point to John the Baptist as a great example of this, Uh, because, you know, John the Baptist was like at that time, he was like the man, right? Like literally thousands of people were just flocking to him to hear what he had to say. I mean, he he could have just he could have just taken that and just run with it and just been, you know, the preeminent TEDx speaker of his time. You know, he could have been he could have been famous, you know, within the capabilities of travel at that time. But what did he say? Remember what he said? I must diminish so he can increase. He was talking about John. I'm sorry. He was talking about Jesus mm-hmm. because John was the door man. That's all he was. He was a cupbearer. He was preparing the way for the entrance of Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. of course, he eventually baptized him, right? And the Holy Spirit came down and everything. But John that I mean, what a great example of letting go. I mean, here is this guy, this dude that was just like on top of the world. And what did he say? He said, I have to, I have to lower myself. I have to, I have to fade away to make room for the one to come but, you know beyond and and I think that's really have I think that's really because your ego can tend to get in the way and you have to for to allow that deep close personal relationship with the creator of the universe because it's not about organized religion as 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 great as church, and remember, the church really is the body of Christ. It's it's you. It's me. It's it's a human being. It's a spirit. It's our spirit. That's the church. It's not a physical building.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. uh, remember, when the, when the, the when the church began, I mean, they were they were having church sitting under a palm tree, sitting on some rocks or sitting on the dirt. You know, there, there wasn't any physical building. I mean, even the temple itself. Until it was built in Jerusalem, the temple itself was temporary. It was a tent.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, it was a temporary tent. There was no physical structure. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to let go of your ego. You have to let go of that human nature that says, hey, everybody, look at me. Look how wonderful I am. Look how great I am. Look at, look at you know, it's like even Jesus himself railed against the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. What did he call them? He called them whitewashed sepulchers because they went around uh, uh, posturing themselves, saying, look how wonderful I am. Look how much money I'm putting into the offering plate. I'm openly praying out in public because to see, to let people know how pious I am and how wonderful I am. And Jesus said, you know what? It ain't about it. That's not, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. It's not for your glory. It's for my glory.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you believe in supernatural creation that we are cre- creations of a, a creator versus? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And and an analogy I like to use is um, a cup. I, I don't have a cup, I have a thermal <laughs> coffee, mm-hmm. uh, almost as important as diesel fuel. Um, when you What do you hold a cup of to a mirror? It's the, the where I talk about the finite cannot reflect the infinite. Okay. I believe my own personal, it's, it was a misinterpretation of the original Greek and, and Arabic. What it was talking about, we're created in the image of God. No, we're not created in the image of God. We're created within God. Th- this, well, I'm talking about this, flesh and blood. We're not created in the image of God. We're created within God. And God is within us. Every cell in our being, every strand of DNA, every molecule has God in it because God created it. Mm-hmm. it got, and it testifies to the supernatural creation. Uh, our body, our vessel is temporary. Everybody knows this, right? At 80, 90, 100 years, if you're so blessed, it passes away. It expires. Your vessel is done. So if your vessel was done, how how can how can something that's temporary be the image of something that's not temporary? God is not corporeal. He, she, they're not flesh and blood. They're etern- It's like, OK, the great movie with Charlton Heston as Moses, the Ten Commandments, when when, the, when Moses comes down off the mountain from the Bernie Bush and Joshua's look and Moses' face is glowing and his hair is starting to turn white and he's just got, you know, he's like, oh, ah, right? Yeah. And Joshua's look, Joshua's looking up at him and he's like, Moses, did he speak to you? Did God speak to you? What did he say? And he looks down at Joshua and he's like, Joshua, God isn't a man. He didn't speak to me as a man. And, and that line, I've always loved that line. as a great description. He is the light of eternal mind. Hmm. he is the light of eternal mind so if he is the light or she is the light of eternal mind pure power pure frequency pure energy pure love that means we have to be all of that too mm-hmm. because if we are we are truly the reflection of all that that means we are all that
0: mm-hmm. and even
1: J- jesus talked about that you can do these things and more he was talking about the power within us because this all fades away What we truly are is eternal. It's like the cup. The mirror can only see what's the the cup, the physical cup. It can, maybe if you hold it right, it can see the water in the cup or whatever you have in, it can't see the oxygen in the water. Mm -hmm. Our body is the cup. Our, our spirit is the water or the fluid. Mm -hmm. Our, our soul, our eternal soul is the oxygen Mm -hmm. in the spirit you have you have a spirit and you have the spirit and soul is eternal contained within a vessel that's temporary our true nature our true nature is eternal it's eternal spirit it's eternal light it's eternal power it's eternal frequency
0: so then how can this information or how can knowing God, having a personal relationship with God, help people who are living in total despair? Because I feel like a it lot of a- people are not fully, they don't have this type of consciousness where they come from a creator and they are we, they are created on purpose and they are pure love and pure energy and pure light. How do you? That,
1: that is one of the greatest weapons of that of the enemy uses. It really is. One, one of the greatest, one of the, his his greatest weapon is making believe, making people believe he doesn't exist.
0: Well, a is very there, close Ryan, second. can I ask you, very, is, yeah. is there a devil then, if there's a God?
1: Absolutely, Lucifer. But people have to remember, Lucifer was the, was the ultimate angel. He uh-huh. stood behind the throne and he was beautiful. Lucifer is the angel, he's light. He's he's not he's not some clown in a red suit with a pitchfork and a pointed tail or he if if, he's not that Lucifer was a preeminent angel. And I believe that the part of the reason he fell was because of pride, because Uh remember, angel angels were before man. Mm -hmm. They were there before man was created. And I believe Lucifer looked at that and looked how God planned to raise men up, even above the angels, and he couldn't handle it. He said, "There's no way. There's no way I will submit to these things." Mm-hmm. And that was part of the reason he fell was the pride.
0: So, they, can Lucifer? Can we think of Lucifer also as an energy? Absolutely. You have to remember. You have to remember when
1: Jesus when Jesus was tempted in the desert for forty years as he as he prepared for his ministry when when, when Lucifer offered he's, he they, he took him to the high mountain and he said look at all the world before you and if you bow down to me I will give you all of this mm-hmm. and people like well it, it wasn't his to give wrong because even Jesus even Jesus said Lucifer is the god of this world so he does he is the god of this world temporarily Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he is the god of this world and he is not to be he is not to be slighted he is not to be taken for granted and he knows he knows humanity better than we know ourselves and he also knows scripture
0: if lucifer is the god of the world is then god the god of everything otherworldly or how does that work
1: no you have to understand god is sovereign over all it's even talking about free will you know people have this really conundrum with free will you know and it's like i say well if i have free will and and you get into that conflict of predestiny Mm -hmm. you know where people will argue well well you know if god ordained me or if i'm predestined to be a loser all my life then why am i even bother trying why Mm -hmm. why you know what's the point i'm going to be a loser anyway that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. Yes, we have free will. We have free will he gives he loves us so much that he get, he gives us the ability to screw up. But to take the, all those screw ups, I mean, I screwed up, you screwed up, we've all screwed up. That what that's what makes us human. Right? right? But along the way, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm, my hand, I don't want to be going crazy, but along the way, we're doing this undulating journey of our life, you know, from one screw up to another screw up to another screw up, but over, over all that, God is saying, keep going, keep going, keep going, because really, believe it or not, you're still on the path I've ordained you to be, uh-huh. you are, you are always, because you have to, you, I, now, I'm, maybe I'm trying to simplify this, but it, if you believe that God is sovereign that he is omnipotent that he is omniscient that he is all-knowing then you if you accept that then you have to accept that at every single moment of your life no matter where you are at that moment you are exactly where god has intended you to be and you say whoa wait a minute i am screwed up so bad i am i am financially bankrupt i am I'm, I'm twice divorced, okay? I, I have made a mess of my life. How can I be exactly where God has intended to be? Because he is God. Because he is sovereign. Because he is in control. Because he knows what you're going to do before you even think about doing it. And he sees where you end up. And his plan, his plan is for nobody to fall short. His plan. That's why Jesus came.
0: Right, right.
1: Because so, because only because Jesus is God. Is God. Right. Jesus is God in in the flesh. So only He could do it. He had to do it Himself. Because nobody else could.
0: So I think so. Let me try to put it. Think of it this way. So if we think of of God as pure light energy, pure love energy, and maybe as Lucifer as pure fear energy. And we have yeah, we have a choice of what energy we're going to subsist in at any moment. We can choose the the love of we can choose God's energy or we can choose the lower energy of Lucifer. Right. But we have that choice, we have that freedom of choice. But we always have the higher energy of God to help guide us through and out of the lower energy if we find ourselves there and we're like, this isn't cool. We want something higher, something better, yeah. something, okay.
1: Yes, with, with, in the authority of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we have the power to overcome Lucifer. And I, and I keep specifically saying Lucifer because in the book, and this is even a revelation and I, this, this, this is an ongoing conflict, but it was revealed to me that Lucifer and Satan are not the same. They're okay. two separate entities. They're two separate entities. They're not the same.
0: And you know what? I wish we could get into that, Brian, but we are out of time. <laughs> okay, that sounds like okay. a fascinating conversation in and of itself. But tell us where we can find you and where we can find your book.
1: Sure. Uh, all the uh, Everything is out now. The ebooks have been out since the beginning of the year on all global platforms. So you have Amazon and Walmart and Goodreads and all that stuff. And the physical books uh, were launched Easter week. How about that? Wow. great timing yeah. so yeah they came out they came out tuesday april 12th so yeah. they're all out on walmart and amazon and everything so and well, i i'm asking for i'm asking for reviews i'm asking for reviews i need reviews i need
0: reviews okay well i'm sure that after kind of leaving us on a on a cliffhanger, the difference between <laughs> Satan and Lucifer, then I'm sure a lot yeah. of people want to read that to, to learn, you know, what's the next chapter there. But thank you so much for joining yeah, yeah, us, book Brian. Two,
1: book two is in the hands of the same editor that did book one. So book oh, two a, is finished. Okay. Yeah, and I'm working on book three. I'm working on book three.
0: Wow. Okay. So this, this is exciting. Very exciting for you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. And thank Thank you you. for tuning into Bookish and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Bye-bye.